Hey, good morning and greetings to everyone in the name of Jesus, the one who is, who was, and is to come. I greet you in his name this morning, and I am excited this morning to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd invite you to turn with me for our message this morning to Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And while you're finding that, I would encourage you to follow along in the scriptures. While you're finding that, I would like to read a few lines from a hymn. It's number 307 in our hymn book. The title of the hymn is, The King Shall Come. The King shall come when morning dawns and light triumphant breaks. When beauty gilds the eastern hills and life to joy awakes. Not as of old a little child to bear and fight and die, but crowned with glory like the sun that lights the morning sky. O brighter than the rising morn when he victorious rose and left the lonesome place of death despite the rage of foes. O brighter than the glorious morn shall this fair morning be when Christ our King in beauty comes, and we his face shall see. The King shall come when morning dawns and light triumphant breaks, when beauty gilds the eastern hills and life to joy awakes. The King shall come when morning dawns and light and beauty brings. Hail Christ the Lord, thy people pray. Come quickly, King of Kings. Amen. Well, if you've found the place there in the scriptures, Revelation chapter uh, 4 and 5, we're doing a study this morning. I have put the title of my message on the board here, Worthy is the Lamb. That's found in chapter 5, verse 12. And we're going to begin this morning to read in verse, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. I would like to stop there. And before we go farther, I would like to just pray and ask God to bless this time of study. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come this morning. You are the God who hears and answers prayer. You are the God who revealed to us these words in the chapters we're about to study this morning. And I pray that you would attend this message. I pray your Holy Spirit would minister to us. I pray that we would understand the scriptures, be encouraged. And we say with John at the end of this book of Revelation, he said, Even so come, Lord Jesus. That is our prayer this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we go through this, I plan to just make some comments as we uh, read through this portion. I'm not going to read all of it 
at once, but just as we go through, I'll make comments on it. And in this first verse, it says, I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And we're going to be talking about uh, those things. And I'd just like to consider that in these days, which we live in today, it is a question in our minds, what is coming upon the earth? We have a pandemic, which is kind of top of the news as it has affected lives around the globe. And people look at the scriptures and ask themselves, where are we? Well, I will just say that I believe we are in the days that are spoken of in chapter 6 of Revelation, sometimes referred to as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. John, in his revelation there, had this vision of four horsemen. The first one was white, and there was a man seated thereon which went out conquering and to conquer. The second horse was red, and power was given to him to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And then the third horse was black, and it would speak of famine. And the fourth horse, it says that death and hell followed after, and many people perished. And those are frightening things, and troubling things that come upon the earth. However, this morning... I would like to put that in context. I know it would be profitable to consider the details of those four horsemen and how that applies today. Uh, that would have to be in a future message. But I am speaking on that topic by giving you the context. And context is very important. And especially so if we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and we believe the word of God, we believe that he has told us these things that are to come and that we should not fear. In fact, we can rejoice in that he did share what is to come so that we not be fearful. So that's what we're looking at this morning as John here in his revelation, in his vision here. He looked and behold a door was opened in heaven. Now John had a very unique revelation here but we today as we read these words we can join him in a sense as we understand what he was saying and there is open to us a revelation. In a sense we get to gaze into heaven. And what we want to note this morning is that there are things happening in heaven. If you recall the last message I preached several weeks ago, I spoke about him who is invisible. And though the things that occur in the heavens are invisible, we have today this word that opens to us, as it were, a small door and allows us to look into heaven with the Apostle John. And further he says here, and immediately, this is verse 2, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, 
And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. The first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. We're going to pause there for a bit and consider this picture, the scene in heaven where there is a throne. A throne speaks of majesty, it speaks of power, and we know that the one who is seated on the throne is the Almighty. The Almighty, King of kings, Lord of lords, the blessed and only potentate. So, in this setting, there are creatures, I will call them creatures, it calls them beasts here in this uh, passage and they actually have some of the likeness and similarity of animals however they are are beings unlike anything that we can quite picture or imagine because they are in the presence of God and they have a mission in that they are crying, as it says here, they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. John uses this phrase repeatedly throughout his revelation, speaking about this Almighty One, which was and is and is to come. That speaks about the eternity of God from eternity past and speaking of the Lamb, the Son of God that came on the earth, He was and He also is to come. We are expecting Him to return and to receive His people unto Himself. In verse 9, He says, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Isn't that amazing? Everything, everything was created to bring glory and honor and power unto God. 
unto the Lord, the Lamb who sits upon the throne. Now we know from the rest of Scripture where it says here, Thou hast created, and that is repeated many times through the Scriptures, beginning in Revelation, or I'm sorry, in Genesis chapter 1, and again in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, and many other places it tells us that Jesus Christ is the one who created all these things. Everything was brought into existence by the breath of his mouth, and all things, even to this day, are upheld by the word of his power. So we have this omnipotent, omnipotent one who has all these things in his control. And the intent is that all these created things would bring glory and honor unto the Lord. For thy pleasure they are and were created. But the revelation continues on now, and it begins a picture, as it were, or a, an event, a scene in heaven. And we want to consider that here in chapter 5. It says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside and sealed with seven seals. Now in this first verse, this one who sits on the throne appears to be God the Father. And I'll just refer here to the throne as the, uh, the seat of the Almighty One. And sometimes it's referred to as God the Father and sometimes as Christ. And if we refer back to the previous chapter, verse uh, 21, Jesus Christ speaking says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. So there is an, if we consider of it as an overlap, uh, sometimes it refers to the Father, sometimes it refers to, the, to Christ, and there is no conflict since they together are reigning. Now it says, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Now what is this book? Well, scholars have attempted to understand what this book represents, and I don't have a detailed understanding necessarily, but I believe it's very clear from this context that this book is very important in the realm of what is reality in this world. And I say that because as we go through this, it will refer to the seals that are opened and an unfolding of events upon the earth. So, the picture we have here, and what I would like to emphasize this morning, is that there is one who holds the book. 
And in this beginning of this story here, it was, I believe, God the Father seated on his throne. He has the book in his hand. And no one was found worthy to open that book. Verse 5, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Here we have introduced the Lamb. And it's interesting how John, in this revelation here, the Lamb is the picture of that sacrifice for the sins of the world and the sacrifice that was made as an atonement for sin. And by that atonement, and we'll find reference to it later in this chapter, by that atonement, we have been redeemed uh, back to God. So he sees this lamb, kind of in the central part of the, of the picture here. In verse 7 it says, And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So, this lamb came and takes the book. No other one was found worthy to take the book or to open it or to look thereon save one, and that is this lamb. Verse 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Now, the four beasts and four and twenty elders, which in the previous portion there we had seen them falling down and worshiping, it seems at this moment they are again doing reverence because of the importance of this event they're falling down before the Lamb. And it says here that every one of them have harps, which I believe are used to praise the Lord. And it says golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Now, when it speaks about vials full of odors, it's referring to some kind of a a vessel of some beauty and importance, and the odors are like a sweet incense before the Lord. It's reminiscent of the things they used in the Old Testament in the worship at the temple. And here, John sees this uh, picture of things in heaven. Now, we don't think of prayers as something physical that can be captured in a vessel. And I think the picture here is literally that a picture, that before God these prayers, the prayers of the saints, uh, come up as a sweet incense before God. He is pleased 
and to him it is a sweet savor when the saints pray. Now, let's remember that in these days of trouble and difficulty and whatever, and, and all of us have difficulties. We have things that, that are perhaps troubling or perplexing or just the ordinary things of life besides the troubling things that are all about us. But God is looking for people who will pray. If you study through Scripture, all of the times that people were in distress, and even when God brings judgment upon people, God's purpose is always for them to turn their mind and heart back to God. It's not, uh, or even in judgment, even though God will punish the wicked, when he pours out his, his uh, judgments upon the earth, he is calling men to turn their heart and mind to God. When, and you could look through scripture, many uh, accounts of God's people and difficulties they faced, tests, troubles, whatever it was, the heroes of the faith, as you find them in Hebrews chapter 11, turned to God. They sought the Lord in their distresses and in their extremities. They went to the Lord. When they didn't know what else to do, they turned to the Lord. That should be a blessed example for us today. Turn to the Lord. And in this picture here of John, these vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. I referred at the beginning to the fact that this God who is invisible has opened to us a little picture, a window into heaven. And in that picture, we can see that God values the prayers of his saints. So let's take courage in that God is asking us to pray. Verse 9, and they sung a new song, saying, and this is speaking unto this Lamb, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So here these uh, beings in heaven, uh, the four beasts that are about the throne and rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, and the four and twenty elders, they are the ones who are saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. You remember, no one else was found worthy but Christ alone to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now he just makes reference to this. But we have the clear record there in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of how Christ walked upon the earth. And at the end of his life, he was slain on the cross. 
for an atonement for our sin. And so he's making reference to that here, that we have been redeemed to God by the blood of this Lamb out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. God is still looking for people whose heart is perfect toward him. And he goes throughout the nations and seeks all those who will turn to the Lord. God is no respecter of persons, as it says in the book of Acts, that in every nation he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. God is gathering out of all the kindreds and tongues and nations of this world a people who will turn to him. And so the distresses that come upon the earth, and in the next chapter we have those four horsemen who come out and great distress is upon the earth, but God wants people to turn to the Lord in that time. Verse 10, which we read, it says, Thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That is speaking about the future age, and I refer back to chapter 3, verse 21, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. So we have Jesus Christ today waiting, preparing, for that time when we shall reign with him. Well, going on there in verse 11. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands. Many angels. The number was so great that they could not fully be numbered, only in uh, superlatives here. Ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. And all of these angels together saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And hence the title of our message this morning, Worthy is the Lamb. This Lamb was found worthy to take this book and to loose the seals thereof. And then further in verse 13 it says, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Hallelujah. Now, this picture that John saw is unlike anything we have ever seen or imagined. But it says that every creature, every creature, and I believe that means not just humanity, 
not just the angels, but every creature which is upon the earth, animals, everything that has breath in it, everything, heard I say, Blessed and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Hallelujah. The scripture makes it clear in a number of other places that this is going to be reality. It tells us that unto Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That means the tongue of men and of angels and I believe of devils will all say that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And in this passage, it's evident that all creatures, all creatures throughout the universe will say unto the Lamb, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. That's our God. He's going to live forever and ever. And he promised that those who believe in him will reign with him forever and ever. Hallelujah. This is the context of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And in the next chapter, verse 6, is where it goes into this unfolding revelation. And let's just read verse 1. He says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And it goes on from there. As the successive seals were opened by the Lamb, the one who was found worthy to open the seals of this book. Now, let's stop and think about that for a minute. We have the revelation here that tells us of things that are to come. And in that revelation we have these four horsemen as well as other portions of the scriptures that speak about things to come. But as these horsemen come forth, it's a bit difficult for us to really grasp uh, the time sequence here because... It is things that are future, and we're not told every detail about it. I have uh, the picture in my mind as I read the scripture here that we will see the effects of these four horsemen and the things that are to come. They begin to unfold in front of us and in front of our very eyes. And God expects us to be discerning of the times in which we live. He wants us to 
pay heed to the scriptures to consider what we were told about things to come. But as we study, or, and we won't do that to any length here this morning, but as you consider these four horsemen and, the, and how they come out and the effect they have on the earth, I believe we will see these effects. We will need to be discerning of the times to see when it is. But it may be somewhat hidden from our eyes the exact beginning point and the exact um, unfolding of these things. Um, but the important thing I'd like for us to grasp this morning is that everything that is unfolding before our eyes is not a secret to God. It didn't take him by surprise at all. In fact, in the picture here, we have the lamb who has the book in his hand and he opens one of the seals and then subsequently the following seals are opened up and these things begin to unfold upon the earth and we can begin to see them. But the Lamb has it all in his control. Meaning that nothing of these distresses um, are, are taking him by surprise. And in fact, he has informed us of these things so that we are not completely taken by surprise. Yes, there is a sense in which, oh, we suddenly have our eyes opened. Oh, these things are happening. Yes, that is true. But we have been warned that they are coming. And therefore, we understand that behind the scenes, in the unseen, which is just as real as that which is seen, we have the Lamb, the one who is worthy, the one who has in his hand this book and all the details of what is to unfold. And as he opens these seals, he has it all in his control. I don't need to worry. I don't need to fret and... Maybe I don't even understand it all, but I do know that the God who created all things has all of this in his control. And it is a sign to us that the end is drawing near. And in that we should take courage and we should be, yes, warned and admonished that we have this opportunity to serve God. I know that when you think about these topics of the troubles that are to come and these four horsemen and, and the war and the famine and pestilence and all that, while that is, is troubling and distressing, and, and truly it should be, we don't need to fear because God has it all in control. And you may be tempted to think, so why, why are we suffering these things? I, I wish, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to. Well, let's consider a few things. First of all, God knows our time. God chose when we should live upon the earth. 
He could have had us living hundreds of years ago. But he called us today to live in this time and in this age that we might bring glory to him. And in all our distresses, we should turn to the Lord and seek his face. I have to think of Daniel the prophet who spoke of these things to come. He made reference to the fact that the people who know their God shall do exploits. And I have taken courage in that phrase because it means that that God will always have a remnant. He will have a people who will be doing His work. They're not going to be left without power, but they are going to be equipped to serve God in the age where He calls them to serve. And that includes the last days. We receive the equipment that we need to serve God in these days. And we ought to be of those who seek to do exploits for God. Now, just a reminder that those exploits are not to receive the praise of men, but rather to serve God with a fervent heart. As these horsemen uh, unfold, and we don't, as I said, Um, we may not know exactly the moment and how this all unfolds, but I do believe that as we consider these things, we will see them unfolding and unfolding more and more before our eyes, and we will, uh, as we endeavor to seek understanding, we will see them uh, more and more. But God wants us in this day to put our faith in Him, and to recognize that he is working. And therefore, I felt it important this morning to consider these two chapters, chapters 4 and 5 of Revelation, where we have context for these four horsemen that are coming. And that context is that the Lamb who is worthy, the one who has all things under the control and power of his voice is the one who is worthy to open these seals. And as these events unfold, we can know of a surety that God is holding all of these things in his hand. It's not taking him by surprise. And we can have confidence that as we walk with him, we shall also live with him. And so that's my conclusion this morning. My prayer for all of you is that you take courage in the living God and realize that the Lamb is worthy. He is worthy of everything that we have, all of our praise, all of our honor. And this morning we have spent this time turning our attention to this Lamb and its significance in relation to the things that are to come. This Lamb is the one who is worthy, and He has called us to walk with Him, that we might also reign with Him. Amen.
May God bless you all.